You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. Last year, First Tech took well over 10,000 inquiries from advisors over a broad range of advice series. As a result, we thought it would actually be timely to take a look at the stats and see what sort of topics are driving advisor demand. I'm your host, Craig Day, and here to discuss First Tech's technical inquiry stats, this time is three of my technical services managers. So I've got Linda Bruce. Hey, Linda. Hello, Craig. Tim Sanderson. Hi, Craig. Great to be here. And lastly, but not leastly, Kimberly Guest. How are you, Kim? Hi, Craig. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. All right. So last year, we took, you know, a big increase in call volumes. So as I mentioned in the intro, well over 10,000 inquiries um, over both phone and email. So Tim, are you able to take us through the main topic areas as to give an advisor an indication of the, the sorts of things that we get asked a lot about? Yeah, sure. Um, so looking at the stats, firstly, we received a fairly substantial increase. So 11.4% in calls and emails in 2021 compared to the previous year. And when we analyse that, um, it shows demand increase across a broad range of advice areas. Um, and I think that's advisors looking to support their clients through both legislative change as well as the adverse economic impacts of the pandemic. Um, so if we look at the most popular advice areas, superannuation was the, the dominant topic and that made mm-hmm. up 48% of all the inquiries in 2021. And other key areas included um, social security, estate planning, aged care and SMSFs. And of all of our inquiries in 2021, those five areas, including super, made up 82% of all of our inquiries. And so actually when we look back at it, those those main top areas are pretty consistent, aren't they? We tend to have those as the main ones each year. But the interesting thing this time was the increase in uh, in overall level. So obviously something's driving that. So how about we start off looking at super? What were the most popular super questions that we received? Yeah, so you're right. Our super inquiries, um, they were actually up 15% um, in 2021 compared to the previous year. And contributions um, was the area that, that really generated the most inquiries. Um, that was up 146% on the last year. <laughs> So a fairly wow. substantial rise. Um, and, and most of those questions centred on, um, expected in a way, centred on the government's proposed extension to the non-concessional cap bring forward rules. So it was proposed for a very long period of time to extend that to people aged 65 and 66. And while those that proposal had an effective date of 1 July 2020, the bill implementing the change took... I think about 400 days from when it was first yeah. introduced to 
actually make it through. Um, and it was the timing of the new rules that created some confusion and a flurry of calls to First Tech regarding that that issue. Um, and, and a lot of those are really were really wanting to know, you know, had this change passed and become law? And also, once the rules passed, eventually, there was also a late rush of inquiries with people wanting to confirm whether the rules would be uh, backdated to 1 July 2020 as originally proposed. And that uncertainty was caused by the bill having a uh, commencement date of 1 July 21, but the relevant provision having an effective date back at 1 July 2020. And, and so just to confirm that, it, it, it is effective from back at 1 July 2020. Yeah, so the the effective date overrides the commencement date of the bill. So yeah. yeah, that did create a lot of uncertainty. So obviously, there's a lot of advisors out there looking to take advantage of these new rules and all of that uncertainty about the timing. Has this thing passed? Can I recommend my clients make these contributions, bring forward contributions? Triggered a lot of calls. So that you know, it's quite typical that legislative uncertainty. But as soon as you get changes impacting things like contribution caps, it always drives a lot of a lot of queries. Were there any other super areas that received a lots of attention? Yeah, so we, we also saw a significant increase in questions about concessional contributions during uh, 2021 compared to the last year. Um, mm-hmm. So that rise, I think, it was driven by a range of factors, but one of the more common inquiries that we got in that area was, was relating to the carry forward concessional contribution rules. And so we received a range of questions about those, but some of the practical questions that we got was whether a member needs to notify the fund or the ATO that they will be making or using the carry forward provisions. Um, If there's a maximum age limit for making carry forward concessional contributions uh, and where a client can access information about the carry forward cap amounts that they have. All right. Now, I know we got, you know, lots of contribution questions. I think we also got a lot of questions in relation to income streams, didn't we? That's right, we did. Um, and again, driven by a range of issues, but I guess some of the key ones would be um, in relation to account-based pensions and potentially term-allocated pensions, there was the government announcing, I think it was the 29th of May, um, that the government would extend the halving of minimum drawdowns for account-based pensions by a further 12 months to 21-22. So a lot of questions on that. And we also saw more questions relating to transition to retirement pensions in 2021 compared to the previous year. Um, and I think that's expected because at the moment in these few years, when we've got the preservation age increasing from 55 to 60 Um, people are actually only reaching preservation age every second year um, and that's when you can first start a TTR pension and 2021 was one of those years where people do Uh reach uh, their preservation age. Yeah, so that would make a lot of sense. Um, I think we also received, on that note, a lot of questions about conditions of release, didn't we? Yeah, we we saw, again, a pretty massive increase, 80% on the number of inquiries relating to members, uh, particularly satisfying the retirement condition of release. Um, And I think this issue in the jumping questions, look, it may be driven by demographics and the fact that we've got more and more baby boomers reaching retirement each year and potentially being at the point where they can meet that condition of release. Mm-hmm. Searching but, advice at that time, yeah. Yeah, potentially yep. also a consequence of with everything that's going on with the, the COVID pandemic, um, potentially people who've lost their job or were made redundant after turning 60, they may technically satisfy the condition of release at that point. 
Okay, so you mentioned COVID there and that driving um, a change in behaviour. And that this is the interesting bit too, because I, I note that we've received a lot more questions uh, in relation to self-managed super funds. So what sort of questions do we get there? Yeah, so uh, another significant rise here, 31% increase in SMSF queries. Um, and, and just for reference, those SMSF queries make up about 7% of our total total inquiries. So when we look at that further, um, it shows a combined 70% increase in uh, in-specie asset transfer and related party transaction inquiries. Um, and this may have been due to uh, you know, potentially an increased number of people with asset prices being decreased at particular times, say listed shares and business real property, queries about potentially uh, transferring those assets into their SMSF uh, while they were at, at lower prices than otherwise. Yes. So people are really looking to take advantage of that market volatility and the, the, the depressed asset values that I suppose were around, you know, early June, July before the markets really started to bounce back. That's right. And so people take it, yeah. getting better value out of your contribution yeah. caps. Um, yeah, yeah. And probably, probably finally on SMSF, we also saw increases in the number of queries relating to SMSF income streams as well as uh, segregation of assets inside SMSFs. So it's probably not possible to determine the, the precise catalyst for that increase, but it, it's likely to be associated with uh, things like SMSFs potentially being unable to meet their minimum pension liabilities due to the mm -hmm. COVID economic impact. Yep, um, also, yep. the extension of the 50% reduction in pension minimums had a lot of questions about that in, in the context of SMSFs, um, as well as the proposed changes uh, recently to the way SMSFs will be required to calculate their exempt pension income. Okay, terrific. Thanks, Tim. We might now move on to another popular advice area, which is estate planning. And to talk about this with us is Linda Bruce. Hey, Linda. Hey, Craig. So, Linda, we did see a big increase in estate planning this year, didn't we? Yes, we did. As a matter of fact, uh, we've seen 39% increase uh, over the 1920 financial year. So as a matter of fact, again, uh, it now becomes uh, the third most common type of queries that we're receiving. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So why are we seeing this increase? Um, this includes both super and non-super related assets. And I think advisors uh, traditionally are very comfortable and uh, familiar with the super side of state planning issues. Um, but uh, we have seen a lot of queries relating to non-super related assets as well. Uh, this could be due to the fact we have an aging population with more and more people wanting to have a uh, have have the um, more and more people have significant estate planning needs, uh, mm -hmm. and advisors are in a such great and unique position uh, while doing the fact find. They know the family, they know the um, uh, their, their their family situation. They're in a unique position to identify uh, their state planning needs. Uh, and where, for example, one of the most common scenario among a lot of other things is that uh, parents, they might uh, have a divorce 
And uh, when parents uh, come to see an advisor, the advisor is familiar with their situation and the parent had expressed their needs. They might have a significant access or they might have a super and how to look after their young children. And very often they want the access to be protected perhaps from ex-spouse or perhaps for other purposes. And they also want the assets to be invested in a tax-effective manner. And very often, testamentary trust will come into play. Um, so those needs are identified by our advisors. Obviously, uh, drafting the will and make a provision of a testamentary trust, that's something an advisor and their client uh, needs to take to the state planning lawyer and have a good chat with them about the practical and the legal documents and the practical issues. However, other advisors, uh, clearly uh, they are hoping, wanting uh, to get into this area to help out the, uh, the clients. They are upscaling and they are working uh, with uh, other uh, professionals such as tax accountants or legal practitioners, or they probably they are one of those professionals themselves. Um, overall, not only we've seen a big jump in this area, but also we have seen the increase in the complexity in those queries. Yeah, right. So uh, there's probably two things going on here. Obviously, that we're seeing the, the aging population um, and that's actually driving demand into advisors for this estate planning. And, and uh, listening to you saying, yeah, absolutely, that's the that's the domain of the lawyers. Um, but lawyers won't know as much about, you know, the client as the advisor will and what their needs and objectives are. So a lot of advisors are looking to get involved in this estate planning area and actually training up in it. So seeing that demand come through and also seeing advisors react to it. I think also just the other day I was looking at some issues around the SMSF population too, and we're looking at the uh, six-member six self-managed super fund issue and um, what people might be using that for, and that is to bring adult kids into the fund as the parents age. And the interesting stat there was the actual the, the proportion of members over 75 in self-managed super funds has actually increased a lot over the last five years. It's gone up by 5% over that five-year period, even though self-managed funds themselves are increasing. So it's the, the proportion of members over 75 is growing faster than self-managed fund sector itself is growing. And what that also says to me is there's probably lots of complex estate planning issues going inside self-managed super funds as well. Okay, great. Thanks, Linda. Now, let's move on to another really popular advice area that we've got a lot of questions about, and that's social security and aged care. And here to talk about this area, we have Kim Guest. G'day, Kim. Hi, Greg. So social security, a topic close to my heart. Um, this is always an area we receive lots of inquiries about. So did we receive an increase in inquiries in 2019-20 like every other year? Um, actually, I, I'm the only advice area that went down. So social security um, actually saw a 12% reduction in calls in 2021 compared to the previous year, 1920. So we, um, we didn't win that race. But um, it, it seems to be a bit of an anomaly because if you look at the stats for 1920, we got lots and lots of questions about the government's COVID-19 social security announcements. And so 1920 had lots of um, social, secu social security questions. Um, and so in comparison, 2021 didn't have as many questions because we didn't get so many queries about um, COVID-19 social security so, announcements. So we actually so saw a bit of a reduction. 
Right. So if we look at the long-term average, though, there's it's, it's probably about right the level that we're at for this year. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. We're still still getting lots of questions um, about uh, specifically pensions. Um, Social Security pension questions actually increased by 110% and lots of questions about income and asset test strategies and that sort of thing for um, pensions and, and lots of questions around concession cards. So, you know, with Social Security is still um, quite a popular area for advice queries. So what do we think is driving that? Um, well, I guess same with, as you were just mentioning, the ageing population. We've got a lot of people um, reaching age, pension age and, and um, going on to age pension. But we, we also got had some questions around um, market volatility that was caused um, by the pandemic and what kind of impact that had on people's social security entitlements and entitlements to concession cards and so forth. So um, that sort of spiked a lot of questions as well. Yeah, I can remember, you know, especially last year around about March and then through that period, we were we were seeing lots of advisors wanting to understand what, you know, these crashing markets were doing to asset values and therefore what that was doing to their age pension entitlement. Also, we've, what, what have we got now, the, the like historically low deeming rates? Yeah, very, very low, aren't they? 0.25 and 2.25. 2.25, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. 2.25, yes, um, really low. Um, right. And so that's meant, you know, more people are eligible for things like the Commonwealth Seniors Healthcare Card, Low Income Healthcare Card, and less people are income tested for just, um, you know, pensions and allowances because there's such low income that's coming from their financial investments. Right. So even though we saw an overall reduction, it's still consistent with the, the volumes that we normally get. And in, in fact, we actually saw a spike in, in these types of questions, obviously around income streams and people having their asset values impacted by, by COVID. Mm. So I think, thanks, Kim. I think overall what this really says to us is last, well, the, what was it, the, the 2020-21 year was a year full of a lot of uncertainty. So we had both legislative uncertainty through the superannuation rule changes. We've also got demographic shifts going on, which is driving more uh, people in to see advisors about their estate planning needs. And also then we had COVID sitting on top of all of that, uh, which is also driving a lot of uncertainty about what, what is the impact of all of this on my age pension retirement, maybe, maybe potentially also um, job seeker and all those kinds of questions coming through. So I think what this really says to us is that the interesting thing is that all of this uncertainty has driven a need for advice and advisors have really reacted to that and helped their clients through all of this uncertainty. So once again, demonstrating the absolute value and importance of advisors. I think, guys, we'll, we'll end it up there. We don't want to go too long on this topic. Um, thanks, all of you, for your contributions and thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please remember, these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, you need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.